bird. It's a plane. Well, hello, beautiful. Listen up, casual. You've got a plan. I'm afraid my protocols are being overridden. Game over, man. Listen up, casuals. We are back for another installment of your favorite comic book slash television movie media show about superheroes. And I myself am a superhero and I'm here tonight. And this is Rocco. And this is Chris. That was that's a really long winded explanation of our show, but it's accurate. Yeah, it's right. I I saw the Nielsen ratings yesterday Hmm. and we are number one. We're top of the charts for um, comic book related podcasts. I know. Round of applause. Thanks, everyone. Appreciate it. Uh, The production. Yes, the production, the crew. um, Honestly, this really goes to the creators of our set pieces. I think that that they just did a great job. But speaking of set pieces and actors and all that fun stuff tonight we're going to be talking about moon Knight. unless i'm wrong because i got too drunk again chris no i was going to switch it out but i decided that we should go through with it uh this is going to be a very timely episode since the season finale just dropped last week uh and we have some thoughts about it so yes. i'm pretty excited because i do want i do want to kind of go into his history as we usually do uh because i did it did a big crash course. I had read some Moon Knight in the past, but I didn't really realize that some of my favorite creators had also worked on the title and that the the character has jumped around in his existence. Uh, So we'll be getting to that soon. Yes. Yes. That I'm looking forward to. Um, But Chris, what what are you reading right now? Uh, I'm a big DC guy. So I'm in the middle of shadow war. Nice. Uh, Charlie Amazon's just finished, so we have some. Um, well, it's yeah, it's wrapping up. Uh, and also, of course, we do our Star Wars shows. So reading the Star Wars comics, really enjoying our Empire, our Empire days. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2099 is returning to the forefront uh, with in some mostly Spider-Man issues. Uh, so you're going to be getting some really cool of those old frame uh, mm-hmm. variants, which I ordered. Awesome. And I'm excited because, you know, I loved Spider-Man 2099 and all those characters. And I'm always, I'm always happy. I mean, that was, that was, that's when I was really, you know, collecting comic books when I was a kid. Uh, and I thought that was a really cool initiative. So I'm glad it's still around. Awesome. Awesome. Um, I, I didn't really get much into Spider-Man 20, uh, it was, was it 2099? Yep. And, uh, you know, I know Oscar Isaac voiced that spider-man in into the spider-verse i know that's a fact we're gonna be talking about his ass a lot tonight um but um let's see uh what i've been reading thanks chris for asking um i (laughs) rocco what have you been reading um i i am also a big dc guy i am also deep into shadow war um it is awesome um today finally suicide squad get joker number three the finale dropped um, I got this, the one with this beautiful cover. I'm going to show it to you. Um, oh, yeah, me too. I oh, like I love this cover. For those of you that Scary. don't know, it's Joker's hand holding a noose to um, uh, uh, Red Hood. And he's got tape over his mouth in the shape of a smile. So that's pretty cool. So I'm looking forward to ending that. I'm actually going to read that tonight. 
Um, and then, yeah, just as usual, man, Star Wars, um, Star Wars, Star Wars. Oh, I, uh, I just finished uh, talking about our previous episode, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, talking about them. Yes. Um, I finally finished The Last Ronin. And the whole reason I picked up The Last Ronin is because of our episode on Ninja Turtles. Um, and all I have to say about The Last Ronin, and, and I'm done with it, I'm done talking about it for tonight because I could go on for hours, um, is that this should be a movie. This needs to be a movie. And I want the 90s turtle suits. And I want this to be a film, a feature film, or even a, a Netflix show. That's how I feel about it. It was so good down to the ending. Awesome. Awesome. Happy to hear that. I'm happy to hear that you just like <laughs> flew through those books too. I mean, I couldn't help it. Yeah. It's a great jumping on point just to kind of get that Elseworlds tale uh, and, you know, the future, a future tale of our favorite and one of our favorite properties ever. Absolutely. And I think what's really funny and ironic is that. I went in and bought number one and number two when all five are out. Um, for those of you that don't know. And as I'm leaving, I tell the owner of the comic book shop, Hey man, you know, I'll see you Tuesday, which is DC day. I go pick up my stuff. And this was that the Wednesday. And he goes, no man, cause you're going to text me later tonight. And you're going to ask me to pull the rest of these. And then I'll see you tomorrow. And he, he was absolutely right. He pulled the, I texted him. He pulled the other three and I was back the next day to pick them up. <laughs> Heck yeah. That's, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's what the show's about. It, it is. It is. And, and I hope that we've done that for one of you out there. Um, but Chris, we just talked about this in the green room before we got here. We both went and saw Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness. Yes. Um, I feel like that warrants a little bit of speaking. It does, uh, because I don't think we're we'll really. I think we're going to do Doctor Strange on another season. Yes, so it'll be a little while until we get to that. And I think that it, I really want to share my thoughts because I really, I really love this movie. I saw it. I saw it twice over the weekend. Um, once in 3D, and then once in uh, regular screen. So it was really great. Uh, it was just nice to see them take a bold step into a new genre and really embrace the horror aspects of it. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to get into a lot of spoilers um, just because I know people haven't seen it. Uh, but the pacing is amazing because just because you have to rely so much on WandaVision and what if to get these ideas. At first, I was kind of taken back. And the second time, it made even more sense the way they did it because mm -hmm. you don't have to set anything up. Mm -hmm. You're there. Your story is being already delivered. Mm -hmm. So. Um, Sam Raimi did an awesome job. Those cameos, they're great. Um, and the movie's just well-paced and a lot of fun. And it's scary sometimes. So I had a great time. I gave it like a 9 out of 10. I actually, I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. Nice. Um, I had certain pacing issues just because I wanted a little more exposition in certain moments. Um, like I wanted to know more about America Chavez. I wanted to know more about her moms, her family. Um, I wanted... I wanted more exposition there. Um, I don't want to get too detailed either just because I know people haven't seen it yet. Um, but again, those are things that I wanted, but in my mind, this was Sam Raimi reading me a comic book. Like this yeah. movie felt like reading a comic book from start to finish from that opening scene until the end. It felt like I was reading a comic book written by Sam Raimi and this film oozed 
Sam Raimi. I mean, full on elements of Evil Dead, full on elements oh, yeah. of Drag Me to Hell. And then, you know, you've got the Spider-Man movies he did with Toby, which obviously are going to permeate when you're doing another Marvel property. But again, this movie, every inch of this film was was Sam Raimi. And, and that's I got that. If you don't like him, you're probably not going to like this movie. Agreed. Agreed. Um, but I, I loved it. Yeah, exactly. I thought the way they took the characters. Perfect. There's a lot of. There's a lot of talk out there about it, uh, back and forth about if it, you know, age appropriate or not, or was it too horrific? I don't think so. I think that, you know, you you got to read the rating. You got to read what they're saying about it. And it's like, not every comic book movie is for kids. And that's exactly what we're going to kind of talk about tonight and, and making things like Disney five and family featured. Yeah, no, agreed. I, I don't think that this movie, uh, Multiverse of Madness, was a Disney-fied movie. No. I, not at all. And I love that Disney was willing to take this risk. Um, but this is a great film. And if you didn't like it, I don't understand who hurt you. I really don't get it. Um, but this, I mean, this was this is one of, I would say, the best MCU films. One of, oh, yeah. not, not the but yep. definitely on the list in the conversation. It's up there with Winter Soldier, Civil War. WandaVision was one of my favorite things Marvel ever did. So it's up there for me as well. Definitely Loki. makes WandaVision better. It does. It really, really does. Um, and, you know, you lo- you got to love Wanda. Yeah, exactly. We'll leave it there. Yeah, we'll leave it there. So let's... Um... Let's jump into the the Moon Knight uh, <laughs> bibliography or whatever they call it, right? Uh, the bibliography of Moon Knight, yes. Right, let's so go. Listen up, let's casuals. Get- this is the comic book stuff. So get a pen and paper and start writing things down. That's right. We're going to talk some key issues, some big runs that are important for this character. I, I was never really into Moon Knight growing up. I, I didn't really know who the character was either. Uh, which is surprising since his, you know, I, I was born in 1980. His first run is in 1980. Uh, he's definitely a Batman like character. And I didn't really get into him until maybe the 2010s. Okay. Uh, so I am and those series we'll talk about shortly, but let's talk about the very first appearance all the way back in 1975. Uh, this was in werewolf by night I, numbers 32 and 33. Oh, wow. Uh, written by Doug Munch and Don Perlin. Mm-hmm. Uh, the character comes across as more of a villain showing up and trying to take on Jack Russell, a.k.a. the werewolf at night. Uh, he's a mercenary. He's hired by this crime syndicate. And so he actually, he and Frenchie kidnap like Jack Russell's sister mm. and another woman. So it's all, it's he's not brought in as a as a good guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I um I read I didn't read this, but I did read some panels from it um today just going through um some articles that actually you had sent me. Um but there were some panels um that I I pulled out and and read and um yeah, it's definitely very different and very much the time like comic book wise. Like it was very 1970s. That's why I love doing that. I love having the ability to go back and, and take a look at these titles uh, because comic book history 
is for a lot of characters is decades sometimes. Yes. And it's like, we can watch these things. We can watch these media representations um, and be critical of them. Mm -hmm. But you also have to remember how many different journeys a character goes through, you know, in its life. Sure. I was just talking today, Batman, you know, 1939. So, you know, we're talking about a lot of these comic book characters and, and they captured the zeitgeist of that time, the way people spoke, the way things came across. Uh, it's really a good, um, I was thinking about this today, like reading comics is a, back then is like a really great time capsule to kind of open. Yeah. And, and I, I think that that was, that's what I got today when I was reading panels out of, you know, 1975 Werewolf by Night. So. And I like it because you just get the writing style and all that different stuff. You know, it's just, it is, it's like a little portrait of, of the past. And yeah. this was neat. I really, I'm excited because they're doing Werewolf uh, by Night uh, as a holiday special this year. Oh, wow. And I've heard it's live action on Disney Plus. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Yeah, that's pretty wild, especially after just coming off Moon Night. You have some open possibilities. Yep. No, exactly. Uh, then a year later in Marvel Spotlight number 28, uh, we get our first Moon Knight solo story and also the first appearance of Marlene, um, who is his his love interest in this in the grand scheme of things when it comes to Moon Knight. OK, uh, so we're going to go over to 1980. Yes. And that's the very first volume of Moon Knight. And this really is just where it opens up. Um, this is written by Doug uh, Sinkwitz and Bill Monick. Uh, mm -hmm. And so Moon Knight number one is the origin of Moon Knight. A first appearance of Bushman in the comics. Uh, first appearance of Khonshu. And Mark Spector dies for the first time. Uh, so this is a big deal. Yeah, I read part of it today. <laughs> and... I read that issue last night. Yep. Yeah. And... Um... I was hoping we, we together we can talk about this juxtaposed to uh, the folks listening that have watched the show Moon Knight. Yeah. Um, what really took me aback, and and I have to say that, and I'm going to talk more about it later. I am currently reading the the current run of Moon Knight, and I'm only reading it because I knew the show was coming out, and there was a number one coming out. I didn't know who the hell Moon Knight was before they announced this show, but I knew it was Oscar Isaac. I love anything Oscar Isaac has been in. Yes. And then I find out it's Ethan Hawke and I'm like, all right, I want to read the comics. So again, really the current run is all I have. But then today I go and I read this comic and it is not, it's not split personalities. It's he has created Jake Lockley as like a cabbie. Then you've got Stephen Grant that handles all his money and his investments. And then Mark, exactly. And then Mark Spector is like really the, the violent mercenary. And he they're not his personalities. They're his aliases. Yes. And, and, and all of them together are Moon Knight. So he uses these aliases in essence to re recon reconnaissance. Yep. his foes and then he hunts them as moon knight i found that very interesting juxtaposed to the show that we've gotten he doesn't have let me put it this way the character is not like associated with the what is a dissociative identity mm -hmm. disorder 
until a later date. DID. And so yep. you're right. Yeah. So it's like um, he has DID. We see these personas on the show. And this is something that is definitely leaned into as, you know, we get closer to more of the modern runs and mm-hmm. what um, some of the, some of the great writers did here. I, you know, it's, I, I thought it was really interesting that he had, he would go out, he would go out as Jake Lockley and get information or he's out being a playboy. You know, it's just, it's such a really different thing. And like, sometimes I'm like, well, you wanted to take the mental illness thing to the show but why didn't you do this more if you're going to do the hero route? Because I see a lot more of the hero route in these comics. Mm-hmm. I think though, like thinking about that um, and how he gets darker and darker and darker as a character makes sense to what happens and what we're going to talk about, which is, you know, the incident, the recent incident with the Avengers, which then leads into the number one of the current run and I think that that's done well. But again, we'll, we'll, we're going to get into that in a little bit. Exactly. I just want to also mention, um, since Bushman is a big character here, Bushman was, all, was actually represented already in the, the MCU. He was in um, the Luke Cage season two. He was the villain. So I thought that was neat um, in this regard, but not so much when it comes to the show. And I'll talk more about that later. So, Absolutely. Uh, next up, we have Moon Knight. 2930 this is another crossover with werewolf at night so the characters do get back together uh, they fight again but then they team up so i know that what happens eventually is when they retcon his entire story mm-hmm. they say what happened in the very first appearance um that actually is just lumped into like his mercenary days and he was actually undercover trying to infiltrate the the crime gang so <laughs> It all it all works out to make him a hero, um, and so here we have again a crossover with the original character that he was featured in, which is cool. Yeah, I was also kind of disappointed that they didn't use that character in the show, but it was those jackals, and I was I was convinced going into that show that he was when he's punching that creature that that was werewolf by night, but I was wrong. No. Set myself up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, <laughs> 1987, the West Coast Avengers. Have you ever read any West Coast Avengers? I have Avengers. not. Interesting team. I mean, it's like Hawkeye's the leader, Iron Man's on the team, Tigra, um, Hank Pym. Yeah. Um, but it's it, these are clearly uh, 80s comics as well. Yeah, I mean, with the 80s, I, I love reading. Like, I read, read a lot of 80s Daredevil, as you know, Frank Miller. Yeah. We've talked about this on previous episodes. Um, you know, again, it goes back to your reading in a time capsule. You're, you're really getting that feeling of that time frame based on the way people talk and euphemisms they use. And this is really the cat's pajamas. And you're <laughs> yeah. just like, wow, this is really, this is how these people freaking talk back then. And, and you really, you get that, you know, today, <clears throat> this world is steeped in sarcasm. So most comic books, that's what you're going to find is, is that. So 20, 30 years from now, when people read our current comics, you're like, wow, everyone was just a jerk all the time. <laughs> right. It's just, why is it so dark? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's, um, let's do this. I think it's, it's time to get out of the 80s. Okay. And there's not, there is some Moon Knight content but I want to really just jump to the 2000s and get more 
into the the modern runs because I think that's really where the character um, gets defined, in my opinion. And in 2006, uh, Charlie Houston and David Finch, David Finch is one of my favorite um, artists. Mm-hmm. He reminds me a lot of like the 90s and how they mm-hmm. used to draw. Mm-hmm. And when you read this comic, you see that. Okay. I feel like it's it definitely still has influences from the 90s art styles. But David Finch always did that for me. And so here we have, you're bringing back the character after a while. And he's actually lost the power. And he's oh. like, it starts off very like epic. And he's Moon Knight. And he's talking about being Moon Knight and the power he possesses. And then all of a sudden, it changes tone, and he's and Mark Spector sitting there, like all depressed and upset because Conch was abandoned him. So I thought that was a neat kind of a neat way to start the series. Yeah, uh, where he's powerless and he really wants to get back to that connection. And he, yeah. of course, he 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 eventually does. Uh, volume six, Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Maleev. What a great team! Uh, this is twelve issues. This really brings Moon Knight more into like the team atmosphere mm-hmm. uh, where he's interacting with Captain America and Iron Man and, and, and different things like this. So this was also Michael, Brian Michael Bendis' big time in comics. So he was writing a lot of, he was just writing all the big, big epics, mm-hmm. um, some major characters. He, he really, I jumped on in 2006 once again with comics because of House of Them. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I was, I've always been a big Bendis fan since since now almost 20 years hell yeah um, but that's a good run uh but i want to talk about the next two uh from my personal experience because as a as i got more into comics uh and i was really seriously collecting and reading mm-hmm. uh the 2014 it's volume seven mm-hmm. six issues written by warren ellis mm-hmm. with art by the clan shavley mm-hmm. um and this is the first introduction of mr knight which is a which is a big deal because uh, listen up, casuals. Mister Knight is the persona of Stephen Grant on the show. Yes, and it's which is interesting because that's not what it is in the comics. Yes, and so what they do do their own thing. Um, here you have six issues; they're all standalone stories, which is amazing, and they're all really solid. Um, and I would recommend that you read at least those six issues. I love his persona of Mister Knight. I always have. And one thing that I have this, this beautiful moon Knight cover and it's the cover is stark white. It's a very stark white and he's in his suit as Mr. Knight. And there's just, the cover is just two bloodied bodies with one final guy with his hand up, almost saying, please no, like trying to crawl away. And he's just standing there rolling his sleeve up and and something about that. It's this class classy look versus extreme violence (laughs) that is so wild. And then like the, the mask he wears when he's Mr. Knight um, is just awesome. It's just awesome to me. I love, I'm so intrigued by the Mr. Knight character We'll talk about the Stephen Grant portion of that. But yeah, as far as I know in the comics, including the current run, Stephen, yeah, is not Mr. Knight. Go read those Ellis six issues because it's neat. It's very detective like mm-hmm. uh, the way he is, Mr. Knight. And this is the first introduction of the character. So 
it's it's like you just said and i love it because he is a he is a very stark difference to Moon Knight even. So yes. Now correct me if I'm wrong, because I read this, is that because this is during this is maybe after the time of civil war, capes aren't exactly allowed around, you know, these crime scenes and stuff. So he creates a second another persona as Mr. Knight, where he's not wearing a cape or acting like a superhero. So then he can be part of investigations just like you're saying for the detective portion, that's what I read in an article that kind of, that's where Mr. Knight was born from. Is this correct? I don't know. Honestly, I know that this, you know, the first issue of the, of this run Mm -hmm. is the first appearance of Mr. Knight. Um, So whether or not they're setting something like that up previously, I am not sure. Okay. I will look into that. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, that's Absolutely. what I, I read that that was the whole thing was that, you know, their superheroes aren't really looked good upon right now. So he yeah. creates this other persona as Mr. Knight, and he's able to be on crime scenes to investigate and kind of do that detective type work. I could. Yeah, if you read it, it's probably true. Oh, I read on the, the internet. internet. <laughs> yeah, I read on the Internet. So, you know, it's true. <laughs> we will we'll verify this and get back to you casuals. Um, 2000, this is the last one I want to talk about. Uh, this is volume eight, 2017, uh, Jeff Lemire, Greg Smallwood. It's 14 issues. It does parallel a lot what they do with the show in ways. Uh, but it's, it's an amazing story. I found myself so like entrenched in it last night again, and I've read it. Um, and it's one of the ones I do recommend that you read first besides those, those Warren Ellis issues because those are those are easy reads all standalone this is a this is a continual like story for 17 issues that only jeff lemire can write yeah jeff lemire and listen up casuals if you if you watch that netflix show sweet tooth which is one of my absolute favorite netflix shows and i can't wait for season two produced by robert downey jr anyway jeff lemire wrote sweet tooth I love what the man does. Um, what am I reading of his right now? Well, you're thinking about that. That's how I learned about Jeff Lemire. Was Sweet Tooth? I read. I own. I own all those issues. Yeah, I bought it up. It's a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Now it's it's definitely like one of the big indie ones I loved at first when I first got back into comics. I adore the show to the point of tears and that was one show that i really got to share with my wife and um she adored the show as well she doesn't like anything comic book related um so for that for her to be that entrenched into the show was awesome and what was great was i got to tell her after the fact that hey did you know that this is a comic book and kind of do a whole gotcha like situation yeah i mean it's it's kind of the point where it's like, well, you don't like superhero comic book movies, but what about this? What about uh, Road to Perdition? Right, right, right. How weird is that? Road to Perdition is a comic book. I would have never thought that, but here we are. It's just it's it's crazy. It's crazy. But yeah, that's where I know Jeff Lemire from is is from Sweet Tooth because of the show. And then I um I actually have ordered his comics a long time ago, and I haven't and i i think he's done some kind of swamp thing run that i read i feel like um i have to look i have to look at my collection if you ever go back and read swamp thing 
go read Scott Snyder's Swamp Thing, and okay. then also read Jeff Lemire's Animal Man. Okay. Read them together, or I would read them together almost. I'll tell you a jumping off point sometime, because what they do with that whole thing sets up basically where Swamp Thing is today with a lot of the um, the mythos and stuff. But yeah, because I'm reading the the current run. I'm reading that. Yes. Yeah, I know you're enjoying that. So I think you'd really like Scott Snyder's. Um, Jeff Lemire's Animal Man is is insane. I, it's great stuff. And those two together go hand in hand because of the green and the red and, and stuff like that. So makes sense. We should Good stuff. We, we should really do a Swamp Thing episode, but that's right, neither here nor there. We got TVs and we got movies of that, so we're doing it. All right, exactly. All right, good call. So Put Jeff Lemire, listen up, casuals. We suggest Jeff Lemire as a writer. He's a fantastic writer. If you An artist. see, yeah, yeah. If you see his that. name, if you see his name on the comics, read those comics. Anyway, Absolutely. let's get back to business. It's your yes, turn, yes. my friend. Let's talk oh. about some Rocco's Rocco's modern run. Rocco's modern run. Wow, That's what we're calling it now. Um. Okay. So, oh God. So I I I went to. So I'm. I watched the trailer. Uh, not the trailer. I heard the announcement on um, from Disney Plus that Oscar Isaac is going to be starring as the superhero called Moon Knight. I knew nothing about Moon Knight. Now, when this happens. I, I go to my comic book store twice a week, sometimes three times a week. It's five minutes from my house. I spend a lot of time there. I love being there. So anyway, I walk in and I say, hey, I say, I hear the show Moon Knight is coming out. I would like to understand Moon Knight before I watch the show. And his response is, well, you're not going to believe this. In a couple of weeks, Moon Knight number one is going to show up. So do you want me to put that on your list? I said, yes, I do, please. And I began reading something new that I've never read before of a superhero that I'm not familiar with, but what a great run this has been so far. So the setup is fantastic. Okay. So listen up casuals, because I'm going to use some names that you're very familiar with. Um, The Avengers just fought against Khonshu and Moon Knight. They convince Moon Knight that Khonshu is the problem and Moon Knight then fights with them, and they imprison Khonshu. So who who's writing that? It's Jed McKay, actually. Okay. All right. I want to because I wanted to ask you real quick because I know in 2020 they did Age of Khonshu. Um, mm-hmm. So this must have been what came out of that after Jason Aaron did all that stuff. It would. Ha- yeah, it stands to reason that it would. Um, but there's a now lot I'm interested of- to go back and read read that and then read what you're reading see yeah oh so uh, the after all is said and done the avengers pretty much tell moon knight mark specter mr knight that they won't detain him as long as he goes to therapy so every single it almost every single issue starts with him in therapy and he's always mr knight He's never Mark. He goes to therapy as Mr. Knight. He goes to therapy as Mr. Knight in full suit, in full with the mask on and everything. He only takes his mask off once the entire run so far and actually addresses himself as Mark. Um, But he he typically demands that he's addressed as Mr. Knight and he's constantly dressed in his Mr. Knight costume or suit. Very nice suit. Um, and then at night when he hunts, he goes out in full um, Moon Knight. 
And it's a lot of, there's a lot of vampires. There's a lot of werewolves. There's, um, you know, there's a lot and it's very, very violent. Like, um, at one point he's like facing some type of goblin and there's a whole bunch of them in an apartment complex. And he's like, ah, you guys have fought Spider-Man before. Now, one thing you'll know about Spider-Man is that he'll take you down, but he won't kill you. And as he's walking down the hallway, he goes, I'm not Spider-Man. And and that kind of the panel ends there. And I, I just you kind of left the imagination as to what happens, which he kills everyone. Um, and it's it's really great. Um, he has the midnight mission. He opens a mission and he calls himself a priest. And he his assistant is a vampire and she's kind of like the receptionist. And he has this mission and people at night he's vowed to protect those at night people at night come to the mission and they say you know they they need help or they need a place to stay and he facilitates that for them and he helps them with that and um it's it's a really it's very interesting it's very very good um it's it's a great read and you know there are so many great so i guess what i'm frustrated with off the bat is that I read this and then the show came out because this run is so good. And that's something that I want to just kind of recognize right now before we do jump over um, to the next segment, because it's really important to recognize how violent this character is. Um, This is truly a Marvel Knights character. Mm -hmm. He has no qualms about killing Mm -hmm. and he's, he's definitely more street level. And I, you know, it's funny is like for the longest time, he's just a guy who mm-hmm. like no powers. He was just, yeah. he was like Batman. Um, yeah. And basically he had like, you know, all the toys and, and whatnot, but there's like, he wore white because they could see him coming. Uh, I love that. Yeah. It's in a lot of good ones. Um, why do you wear white? Oh, so they can see me coming. That's, that's scary. Right. Yeah. So, and that's it. That's really what I've always known about Moon Knight. It's just. I, that's what I expected, uh, you know, with also what they've done with the Netflix shows and the fact mm-hmm. that they did take it to a violent level and they put those shows on a Disney plus. Mm-hmm. I was like, OK, I was I was pretty excited to see them do Moon Knight at this point, since mm-hmm. it's been a good amount of years um, mm-hmm. with with different properties. Sure, sure. But let's let why don't we go to commercial? OK. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the show. And I don't know how nice we're going to be, but stay tuned and you'll find out. DFAT Comics is the publishing branch of Don'tForgetATowel.com, the only place to travel geekly. Focusing on creator-owned and independent titles like Hollowed, Pursuit of Plastic, and Fairy, and many more. DFAT Comics will be a mix of genres appealing to every kind of reader. Join the new source of comic book entertainment with DFAT Comics. Hey, come take a seat at the campfire. You're not the only one who joins. I've got friends that come over sometimes, too. We talk about a ton of interesting things from geek culture. Then we cover some conspiracies or philosophical thoughts or monsters. You know, we talked about Bigfoot in one episode. It's a lot of fun, so come join me at the campfire chats. A DFAT entertainment podcast hosted on Spotify and other fine places you find podcasts. Listen up, casuals, because we are talking about the protector 
of those that travel at night, the Moon Knight. And we are back. This is Chris. And this is Rocco. And I hope you've been paying attention. Before the break, we broke down the comics. We broke down the key issues. And now we're going to talk about the Disney Plus show, Moon Knight. So hold on to your moon night. I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. Stop mooning people. I can't help it. They're welcome every time I do it. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so let's let's get into this. This is um a new six-part uh miniseries on Disney Plus. It's based on the Moon Knight comic starring Oscar Isaac, who we love as Poe Dameron mm-hmm. and many other roles that he's been in as of late. Um one of my favorite actors, modern actors, I would say. Yeah, um, I really uh, loved him in Ex Machina. Um, I need to still watch that. I've never watched it. Oh, that's such a great... Him and, and General Hux. Him and General Hux together, but in very different roles. Um, I like that actor, too. Yeah, Dom Hall Gleason, I believe it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I love Miss Poe Dameron. I felt that in Star Wars, he was his talent was wasted. Um, there was so much more he could have done as Poe, um, but that wasn't his fault. Um, he was awesome. Yeah. And then knowing that he was attached to Moon Knight and MCU, um, you know, thing, if you will. Um, I was excited for this. I was pumped for it. And his back must hurt because he carried this show. With a little help from Ethan Hawke, uh, who plays 100%. the villain, uh, Arthur Harrow. And, you know, this is, um, I don't want to talk about the positives because I want to end the show that way. What I do want to get into is the fact that I, I didn't know what to expect from this show, but I didn't get it. And that's that's me, because I find this to be a good show. Mm-hmm. I have little problems calling it a good show. Did I enjoy it? No, because I expected something different, especially with what they've already done with Marvel Knights on Netflix. They have it on Disney Plus now. So why why could you not just say, we're going to do this? We're going to do Moon Knight. Why did you pick this character if you're not going to do it the way that uh, the comics have always done it. But what do you think? What do you think? I, I mean, I think that the show, unless it, first of all, my biggest issue is that they haven't greenlit season two yet. Yeah. Um, And I have a big problem with that Um, because if they don't greenlight season two, then the show was a complete waste. Um, I rated it high. So I I actually how I rated the show was I gave it a 5.5 but then I said Ethan Hawke gar- his portrayal garnered a point bringing it to 6.5 and Oscar Isaac garnered two points in himself giving the show's total an 8.5 that's how I broke it down but okay. if you took away Hawke and you took away Isaac it was a freaking 5.5, okay? The show didn't know what it wanted to be at any point, okay? It floundered and it fluctuated, and their director, Mohamed Diab, I believe it was. Yes, that's right. He's got a loud mouth. Shut up and produce a show, bro. Shut up and direct. Like, yeah. I don't want to hear. I don't like he, he had all, he was very high and mighty. A lot of like, oh, well, we don't need to connect to the MCU. Then find another show to do, bro. 
Like there was, this is an MCU show. I don't expect the show to be all about other characters in the MCU. I know that's happened sometimes. I understand that. I'm not like, for instance, Dr. Strange was really all about Wanda. I wasn't expecting that with Moon Knight. I wasn't expecting it to be all about Blade. Right. Right. But there has to be a connection piece. There has to be something. Or then why? Why is it part of the MCU? Then be the Batman and do a show or a movie or a show that's completely outside of Marvel. Then be Morbius, which was a pile of crap, you know, fine. But you take these amazing actors and you waste them on the show that was really about disassociative disorder and and that's okay but make the show about DID don't make the show about moon night yeah when you when you really delve into like the psyche only for so long like that num- that that fifth episode i i really liked because i thought that it was deep mm-hmm. and they went into the character's uh background and why he you know created these personas and it's always been argued like is he crazy or did the power conch to create these personas? And that's always been the argument. Um, but I felt very like misled in the fact that they, they want, he wanted to do something different with the character and I'm okay with that most of the time. And sure. But you did mention something interesting because he did have a big mouth. He's like hyping up his show. And then on the other side, he's talking crap about black Adam, not how... just black Adam, wonder woman too. He went right. in on, but these these mythical places have always existed. I'm sorry that like that might have been Egypt, but it's not. Okay, this is this is DCU. So leave it alone and try to do a good job on Moon Knight, which you really didn't do, in my opinion. Yeah, um, he did. He didn't. Sorry, dude, you did. You didn't. And they do go into the Lemire series where there's like these these protectors or these 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 gods like Khonshu, but it's not just Egyptian deities, right? And I can see where they're like leaning into that with like Black Panther mm-hmm. and this. And that makes sense. Fine. If you want to go big scale with it, fine. But Moon Knight is not, doesn't have, he's not usually that character. And that's where I get hung up. And like you just said about the Batman, here they have doing the story on another earth. You have the easy, you just beat DC to their best thing, the multiverse. Mm-hmm. And you can't tell these darker R-rated stories on another multiverse plane where kids are told they can't watch this by their parents. You know, it's like you have to Disneyfy everything for some reason. Well, it's except Doctor just, Strange too. Right, I, that's what I don't get. That's what yeah. I don't get right there. I, I I agree. It's the consistency, but I don't think it's so much the Disneyfication of Moon Knight is is like what? Where is the hunting of the vampires and the werewolves? And if this was an origin story, fine. But I like I don't care about Layla. I don't care about her. I'm not trying to be rude, but she was just annoying. And the actress, she wasn't believable. Yeah, when she became the avatar of the hippo, you know, Tower, Towerettes. Towerettes? Yes. She was the I, Scarlet Scarab. Why? I was, like, I was like, okay, fine. But you're making another superpowered being in the MCU who's on par with Moon Knight. So you're creating like this new superhero duo. You're you're creating this like bigger than life story out of a street level character who you, like you said, fights vampires and, and, and saves the people who are traveling at night. I read one of the stories where it was like this little girl got kidnapped 
and at night because she was traveling home from school and he had to go save her. And it's like Mr. Knight going through this house and beating the crap out of everybody violently. And in the end, he's just, he saves this girl. And this, these are the kind of things where I'm just like, this is more daredevil. And that's mm-hmm. it's even more than that. It's even more violent than that because he's killing people. You have such a departure here. Yes. It makes me worry about what they would do with Daredevil now. Well, yeah, I mean, because of Charlie Cox, I don't think that we do need to worry, but I understand. I understand your sentiment. That makes sense to me. Um, In the current run of Moon Knight, it opens up with him in a house that is possessed. One of the issues he's in a house that is possessed and kills and eats the people that go into the house. It feeds this possessed house, right? Moon Knight, who is led to and trapped in this house, ends up allowing the house to look into his psyche, which actually scared the crap out of this demon house. So he actually makes a deal with the house to be his new midnight mission. And the house which is possessed protects them and anyone in the house from anyone that might be outside of it. So they have a layer of protection. I'm sorry. That's freaking cool. Why didn't I see anything even remotely close to that in this show? I'm not asking you to carbon copy the comic, but could you have made an interesting moon Knight or Mr. Knight situation? Could you have made that interesting? Because you didn't. I didn't care about anything until the last scene of the first episode. Yep. And episode five, but then everything else was just filler. That's, and that's really it. I, I've never had such a problem finishing episodes of something where I just wasn't excited to watch it or I was getting distracted and I just didn't finish it. And that's what we really had here. It just, it was such a up and down thing and you're waiting and waiting for this like one episode to happen. Like we said, that was episode five. Um, you know, episode four is interesting. It's very Indiana Jones. So it mm-hmm. kind of gets me, but I still turn that off halfway through it. Yeah. Um, because you're just ripping off Indiana Jones and you're not giving me anything of substance. Now, as much as I liked Ethan Hawke, I didn't like really his whole, his whole cult thing. It was fine. You know, with Amit, they do tie that in really well into the, like the Jeff Lemire comics because that's kind of, um, I won't spoil a lot for you, but that's, they use that story in a way um, to adapt that. Okay. But the thing about Ethan Hawke's character is that they didn't do the Bushman origin story. I just, okay. you didn't really give us a solid thing. You have Bushman in MCU. You could have, you put Vincent D'Onofrio into into Hawkeye, you're doing all this crazy stuff mm-hmm. where you're bringing these Netflix characters. Why didn't you do the real origin? A mess. It was a mess. You substitute oh. Layla for uh, Marlene. There's no Frenchie. Like, you're not paying really attention to the comics that led to this. You're doing your own thing. And that's what it is. You're telling a wholly different story of Moon Knight. Well, and it's not just that, but like, okay, so Marlene was the trope of the damsel in distress, mm-hmm. and it can and and it can be offensive 
two women. And I, I can get I get that. I I mean, I don't get it because bro, I'm a man. Bro, what Wanda I'm... is is offensive to people in Doctor Strange, too, for some reason. Like there is no balance to that. I don't understand either. There's no balance to people's complaints about what's appropriate or not. But, but if you read Marlene like yes. I did today, I agree. I agree. It's offensive. But you can take Marlene and you can change the character to not be a pathetic damsel in distress. Distress. You can bring justice to the character of Marlene by making her a strong woman that just works yeah. with him rather than for him. And I think that you could have done that. You could have cut Layla completely. Layla was completely unnecessary to the story. She was not necessary whatsoever. I'm sorry, but she wasn't. And I found her annoying. Anytime she was on screen, I was annoyed. Anyone else? And then Frenchie. I mean, it's pretty obvious why Frenchie's offensive. I mean, first of all, they call him Frenchie. Secondly, yeah. secondly, he's obviously French and does a lot of French stuff, stuff, I guess, or like talk <laughs> stereotypically, we'll say stereotypically. The way they write him is so wacky because it's just like, we, oui, we, oui, yes, <laughs> I got, the, I have the moon copter ready, you know, like. Yeah, dude, you're you're a walking French stereotype. Like you should just the only thing you'd be doing right now is holding a croissant and it would be, you know, I don't know what else to tell you, but they could have taken oh, Alfred ripoff. Exactly. But they could have taken Frenchie in the show and, and maybe not called him Frenchie. Maybe do a tongue. They could have gave him a French name or do like a tongue in cheek kind of like yeah. mention to it or a nod to it. But also French. Like, yeah, not make him a French, a walking French stereotype. You know, these are things they could have done. Instead, they they didn't. They just didn't do it. And then it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And then Stephen is Mr. Knight. Well, Stephen is an exact opposite of his character, his usual character in the comics, who's the playboy, um, the, the suave one. Yes, and and he is the one that had the car with Spectre as the license plate. Not Jake Lockley and Khonshu for some weird reason when they shot Arthur Harrow to death. Like, uh, are you serious? Like, and then and you killed Arthur Harrow, Ethan Hawke, one of the other two pillars of this show holding the show up completely. Yeah, I've been waiting for ethan hawk to make his mark on the comic movie scene and as we discussed in our joker episode i would always want him to play the joker um and i, I think all it. in this and then upcoming the black phone uh i'm really looking forward to his character in that because that is probably the most joker-esque thing i'm looking forward to okay um well, i his, i mean go i go back to ethan hawk from training day yes you know? yeah me too I and it. and Love that it. is gattaca gattaca you know i mean it's rare to find a movie that he was in that wasn't good yes. and and again you know he's in moon knight i i loved him i loved him as arthur harrow he scared me i was genuinely scared by him because he had a benevolent in his mind i always get scared by characters that in their mind have a benevolent agenda Yes, but then are doing really, really awful things, and that scared under me. the premise of doing good. Correct, and and that's what I loved is that I believed him. That's the thing about an actor is I have to believe mm. you when you portray it, and I believed him just like I believed Oscar Isaac had a D, had DID. I believed yes. that. Period. 
And I think that's like the most important thing to recognize about the show is the performances. Oscar Isaac just he regardless of my my opinion on the show, he delivered every character, you know, and every interaction. I even heard like his brother did some scenes with him too, which was cool. Um, and you can kind of see that in in a few of them where it's like, mm-hmm. that's not Oscar Isaac. Yeah. And you know, the Mark Spector between him and Stephen Grant, uh, in the mirror and things like that. And then finally how he develops the persona. There's a lot of things I did like about the show as far as how the narrative went mm-hmm. uh, and the way they treat it and, and the performance we've got. But in the end, they don't really give us the character of Moon Knight. We could hope for it, but we've been told this is a standalone series. Yeah, I, I don't I don't understand that. I, I think that to have Jake Lockley right at the end and then he and he shoots Arthur stupid stupid there should be there there better be a season two and it better be the establishment of the midnight mission and you know I I can be okay with Steven being Mr. Knight I can get over that I can understand it but but like give me a cohesive season of a show that makes sense some of it was just it didn't make sense. I, I don't know. I don't know, Chris. I, I I think like just like you said, I was expecting something and I don't know what that something was, and I, I clearly did not get it. Um, also you keep dangling blade over our heads with Marsha Marshala Ali. And I'm sorry, sir, if I'm saying your name incorrectly. That is exactly um, right. That is exactly right. Okay. He um he is an amazing actor, and I cannot wait to see him as Blade. But the fact of the matter is, is when you know Blade is coming and you have a comic book character that you know has has run alongside with Blade to hunt vampires, specifically Dracula, and you don't even feature him at the end, fucking Eternals had Blade's voice at the end. Why was he there? Because of Black Knight? Who cares about Black Knight? You should care about Black Knight because his sword is vampiric. That's the point. Like, why else do you have Kit Harrington coming into this? Into this, Black Knight is Black Knight's a big character. He's he's an Avenger. There's a lot of good things, and that's the point, though. Is like you set this up. You're setting up like Midnight Suns or whatever you're doing, but Moon Knight's standing on its own. You couldn't do a Blade post credit scene. Exactly, and and then that was the other thing is exactly like you said, Midnight Suns. You already got Daredevil. You already got what Doctor Strange. You already got now. You got Moon Knight. You got an introduction to Blade. We Werewolf by Night is coming in October. Like, what are you doing? You have all plan? the pieces to Midnight Suns, and what? So Muhammad can go out and make a movie that makes him feel good about Egyptians. Like, dude, I think representation is so important. I think it's fantastic. I think that we should have representation in everything, but do me a favor. Don't make a show. That's a pile of shit. That's what I want you to do. You can represent all of Egypt. You can make every character Egyptian. And I hope that you do. And I hope that real Egyptians portray real Egyptians. I'm on board hundred percent, but stop making crap. It just, there's inconsistencies here. Period. Yeah. Yes. Why are we not getting more adult shows? Why are we not getting more adult content? You bought Deadpool 3. What the heck are you going to do with that? Because now I'm kind of like, all right. But then I walk Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness. And I'm like, okay, this is really interesting. You have the ability to do 
horrific things mm -hmm. and scary things, but you don't do it with one of the characters that really deserve it. As I mentioned earlier, if they go along this whole storyline with like these these idols in the in the Marvel universe, mm -hmm. I don't know what, exactly what they're working towards at this point, but if it is on like the level level of Black Panther, and that's the way you want to treat the character, fine. We are talking about a family friendly mega corporation that mm -hmm. uh, you know is gonna is here to make money and 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 to, and to merchandise and things like that. But there are a lot of other characters in your stable to do this with. Mm -hmm. It's true. It just it's just it's really disappointing. It, it's true, and I really hope that we get a season two, and I hope that season two actually pays attention to the source material a little more but i know that you wanted to end this on the positives and i wanted to start myself with i love mr knight from the comics i was so happy to see him in live action i love what they did with the mask and that had that one sewn line through the mask and you know what i can see past the fact that steven is Mr. Knight, even though I don't like it, it there's nothing to do with the source material. Hmm. I didn't mind it because I really loved the character of Steven portrayed by Oscar. I, I really loved that character. He made me fall in love with yes. him. Yes. No, I was, that was exactly what I was going to say because of that performance. I I'm able to forgive. Like I say, it's a good show and I will watch it through because I would rather watch this as a whole or at least over a couple of nights than this segmented six episodes that really didn't do it for me. This is a show that should have been all episodes should have been dropped so you can binge it. It just didn't work in the long run. So the main performances of Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke are just are stellar. Uh, and it's something that I'm happy to welcome into the MCU because the more and more we get these we open up these worlds, we get these like prolific actors to to come and do their job. It's just really, you know, I get really tired of the whole narrative that comic book movies shouldn't be taken seriously. In fact, Elizabeth Olsen stood up today and said, mm. anybody that says that is like really insulting the crew who go and do all this great work. They are like, you don't like comic movies or comic book TV shows. That's fine. Keep your opinion to yourself. But people are putting out great content and they're working hard at it. And this is a good example of fine. She is my queen, that woman. Yeah, yeah. But this is it. I mean, yes, we can get angry with the director, but at the same time, he did go out and do what he wanted to do. In our opinion, it could have been different. It should have been different. And we hope for better. But in the end, um, I don't hate it. You know, I don't know. I didn't hate it. I, I just like there were just so much left on the floor. The show itself, the the direction, the story was not good. I think that it was carried by some of the best performances I've seen. Right. I mean, Oscar Isaac with multiple personalities and he played them in such a believable. like I believed yeah. it was happening to him. I believed him. And personally, he should be winning an Emmy for this performance. You know, if we want to talk about positives of this show, episode five. Absolutely. The camera work. And the way that they took that, you know, that whole that whole episode into into the psyche, it's something that I really wanted to see, but I really wanted to see it over the entire show because his struggle with mental illness. Yeah, we see it here and there, but it's so interjected with action it's so interjected with like humor that 
I'm kind of getting tired with on every level. Um, it works most of the time for Disney, but in the MCU, but sometimes it's like, I don't want to laugh at the characters. Foggy and Daredevil is funny. Daredevil is not funny when he's yeah. punching you in the face. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I love Foggy. And I think that balance of humor and violence was perfect. And I think yes. that's really my biggest thing was I started to watch that show again while I was watching Moon Knight. And I'm just like, this is what we're missing out on. No, I, I agree. If you take Daredevil as a template and, and and Moon Knight just should have been at that level, just a far different story, far different story, but it should have been at that level production and, and story and acting all of it. it. Daredevil on Netflix is perfection in all of the units of creating a show. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. OK, I, I did think season three was a little weak. But it, it worked because it two job. is so strong. Yes, two is. I've nasty. never, I've never watched the season of TV like that, and I just when I rewatched it, I was like, "Bam!" It's it's it one of the best seasons of television. I mean, it's up there for me with Dexter season four. If you're a fan of the show Dexter, Dexter season four, and um, you got uh, Daredevil season two. These are two shows. I mean, I'm sure I can name plenty of other shows, specific seasons that are just fantastic. Uh, but the point is uh, Seinfeld season five. But anyway, um, <laughs> it's true. But anyway, um, Moon Knight. There was a left. There was a lot left on the floor. Um, talking about episode five, though, like I thought, okay, like I watched that that episode, and I, I was so enthralled by that episode that I was like, all right, episode six is going to be nasty, and it it got big. Yeah, it got like, magical, and it was it was like such a grand scale to go into like to be like yes we're we're doing this character on a black panther level after we just finally gave you the inner workings of mark specter's mind which this show should have been about period and in the end maybe he was crazy or maybe he wasn't that's that's where they should have left it they should have left it on a kind of a cliffhanger where you're questioning if he's insane but instead we get this He's a superhero thing. And she's a superhero. Yeah, like Layla's a superhero now because why not? You know, Egypt needs a superhero. Or two. Sure. That okay. Like, I'm not against that idea. Let's make an Egyptian superhero. I just don't care about her at all. She's given me no reason to care about her. As don't do this on Moon Knight time. Yeah, exactly. Make the, make the Layla TV show for all I care. I'm going to juxtapose her to um, Wanda. Okay. Well, Elizabeth Olsen is a gifted actress. She started in age of Ultron and created a character that we started to care about based upon her deep story. And then it continued through civil war and it continued through every movie that she's been in and WandaVision and she grows and she excels. And even from her first appearance, we cared about the character Layla. I don't care what your representation is. The actress just didn't do a good job. The she show didn't... suffer. The show suffers from lack of episodes also. Yes. Yes. I was thinking about this because yes. in a Netflix show, they would have spent an episode on Layla 
and like the murder yeah. of her father. Yes. And See, like then this I would have cared. Like, thing. They yes. would spend a whole episode on Ethan Hawke as Khonshu's avatar. Yeah. Like there's I things that, that are missing. Yeah. Why are you why are you stuck on this six episode shove it down Should our have been 12. thing? Maybe whatever. Just even an extra little bit of like storytelling would have done these characters more justice. And instead, at the end, it's all shoved down our throats. Like, oh, it's all it's this is all working. Everybody's a hero. And, we've you know, this is the end. Yeah. Exactly. If there was an episode on Layla's character giving me a little more backstory. Awesome. They gave Marlene more more respect in the comics of like her father's death. Yeah, and how that affected her. Like that was a constant narrative. Yeah. To do it to like, oh, oh, you were you were part of the group that tried to kill my father. Oh, oh, what a twist. Or I don't know, like maybe pick another Egyptian actress that's good at acting. <laughs> that too. That too. Yeah. Positives too. This show got me into reading this character. There you go. Exactly. And now you have a lot more to read because I there's do. a lot of great dark stuff out there that will, you know, will satisfy your need for the uh, ultra violence. I think that, you know, this is this is the point. Not everything's going to be perfect for Marvel. No. And I like that because we've got we've gone on such a long run of like such positivity where mm-hmm. people are like, oh, this, this is great. This is great. I wanted to like this, mm-hmm. but I didn't. And I think that hopefully maybe they do listen to fans and we get, you know, more of a darker take this next time around. Perhaps, you know, one day Jake Lockley just shows up in another, you know, in, in another movie, like the Blade movie or or something. And we, we get this, we get Moon Knight back. But it's their hesitation to announce a season two is what gets me. Because yeah. they announced season two of Loki pretty quickly, right? From what I remember. They did. But Loki was such a great show on every level. It was. It was. What a bad comparison. But, you know, in the words of Forrest Gump, that's all I have to say about that. Yeah. I mean, I could go on saying more and more about this. But I do want to just say Oscar Isaac is is a gift. I'm very impressed with what he did. And that's that's where I'm going to leave it. Because watching him, like, I'll watch it again. And he carries the show for me. Oh, yeah. His back has got to be killing him because he is the reason I tuned in every Wednesday. I tuned in every Wednesday to watch. Uh, and I, I'm going to throw Ethan Hawke in there. I, yes. I tuned in every Wednesday to watch Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke teach a master class in acting. That is what I tuned in for. And I wish that I could have tuned in for the two of them on a better show. Maybe it'll happen. I hope so because they both deserve it. There, then, and honestly, Oscar Isaac deserves all the awards for his portrayal of of all of the characters and his and his DID and acting against himself and just it being believable. And and yeah. it, I believed it like it was like you believed he was talking to himself, but not really talking to himself. So you watch it, you be the judge. That's right. I also believe in Harvey Dent. So uh, I think it's important when it comes to this kind of stuff because you're not always going to be pleased, but also it is an opinion at the end of the day. So regardless of what Disney decides to do, you know, we do get great things and they Mm -hmm. come out of the, you know, with like Dr. Strange too, which I was super surprised by the mature content and that. And I'm hoping that, you know, there's not a lot of backlash from that, um, that they listen to the fans here and maybe we do get, a Marvel Knights stamp, Midnight Sun stamp somewhere 
where we can have something for everybody in the MCU. Where can you find our show, Rocco? You can find us on DFAT Entertainment. Just Google DFAT Entertainment. You'll find a catalog of awesome podcasts. Make sure you check them out, including, um, again, my show that's coming back soon. Critical Mass Podcast will be back soon. And you and I, Chris, we do a show called Star Warriors Marvel Comics, um, not to mention being part of Star Warriors proper. And you're, you're part of some shows, Chris. I am. I do Telaway Talk, which is the geekly news with my friend Casey. We talk about all the current geek news and more, including action figures, our little segment, Pursuit of Plastic. So check that out. Come geek out with us. I love it. I love it. Well, Chris, what do you think? We got anything else going on? No, man. I'm happy that we actually did this. I was tempted to swap out Doctor Strange. This is our most timely episode, my friend, because this show just ended and we're recording it a week after. So we'll be getting this out and look forward to more Listen Up Casuals because we have a great season ahead. Uh, So check us out. And if you want a sneak peek at the episode, check us out on our Facebook page because you'll get to listen to it a day early. So listen up, casuals. Mondays, look forward to sneak peeks. Yes, absolutely. And until then, support your local comic shop. 